Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. hop on real quick and wish everyone a happy new year and we are off and running at fasting for life and we are super excited to keep that momentum going in 2023 so first announcement for the first challenge of the calendar year february 1st it is right around the corner the seven day fasting lifestyle challenge no it is not a seven day fast we use fast cycling and intermittent fasting windows to get incredible results and get that scale moving break through that plateau and keep that momentum going. So as the holidays end up in our rear view mirror and we slowly move through the month of January here, some of you might already have heard about the New Year's resolutions and maybe you don't even set them anymore or maybe you set out with the best intentions this year and the momentum's already started to slow. We totally get it. I'm speaking from personal experience here and that is why our challenge doesn't start until February 1st. If you've been to the gym, and you've restarted this year and you're starting fresh with a new fitness journey as well, you know that the gyms are packed. And by February 1st, they tend to get a little bit quieter. And that's just the reality of the situation. We believe in setting intentional goals with repeatable actions on a day-to-day basis with basic foundational habits that can build long-term sustainable results. The fasting lifestyle has given us our lives back. We wanna share that experience with you. So February 1st, it is game time. We are starting fresh, and I don't want y'all to miss out. Head to the show notes, click the link for more information, frequently asked questions. All the information that you could possibly need is on there. If you've got questions, feel free to reach out. Now, onto today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. It is week two of 2023. Yes. And we are coming at you today with an incredible article that we have been wanting to talk about for weeks. And we're like, man, every time we opened it up, there's just more good stuff in there. So <laughs> I know. it's going to coincide today with an exciting release from us here at Fasting for Life as well mm-hmm. of a new downloadable digital resource that we think mm-hmm. is going to be really impactful for all of you guys and gals this year in 2023. So, first and foremost, Welcome in to the Fasting for Life podcast. If you are new, thank you for giving us a shot. We hope you find value in today's conversation and, of course, a lot of our other episodes too. If you're an OG, mm-hmm. thank you for joining us again for another year. We yes. have a lot of incredible stuff planned for 2023. It's going to be con- incredible. We're going to continue to bring weekly episodes. We have some new creative ideas on content, there's new research. And we just want to continue to bring value each and every week to all of you that are on this fasting for life journey with us. So Mm -hmm. new, old, and in between, let's kick off 2023 with a really interesting conversation of a study that came out of the Journal of Cell Metabolism. And this study was published in July of 2020. And I'm not sure how we haven't talked about it previously, because 
like we double checked and triple checked and are you sure we haven't talked about this one because it is like right up our alley especially with a fasting lifestyle in mind so the title is effects of four and six hour time restricted feeding on weight and cardiometabolic health so man that's like in our wheelhouse right right the great part is is this is a randomized controlled trial in adults with obesity so this is not a animal study right this is mm -hmm. like the gold standard like this is what we want to see to be able to extrapolate some key components on how we can continue to level up our fasting on a day-to-day -day basis which then most importantly results in weight loss and more importantly than even that is that long-term health benefit right fasting is so mm -hmm. powerful and so many people come to it for weight loss but it does so much more than that and for you and i tommy fasting gave us our life back it gave us our health back and that is why we do what we do so i am excited yeah. to unpack this study in the conversation and then also coinciding it with the new resource which is the blueprint right to intermittent yeah. fasting for fat loss Yes. So it is the blueprint to intermittent fasting for fat loss. If you, if you heard in our intro on our podcast, we talk about the science of lifestyle design. So creating a lifestyle designed in a way that gives you simplicity, freedom, confidence, and most importantly, long-term weight loss and health results, right? So yeah. we, we spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about this and how we can level up our support to the majority of you that listen on a week-to-week and month-to-month basis right now mm -hmm. that we're over two million downloads yes it's you, it's guys. like what resource can we provide to the majority of folks right so we have our yeah. fast start guide that's up there on the website and that was our first resource that we ever made because that's where you and i found a lot of yeah results yep, in success. not not just starting with the intermittent type but how do we, where do we start to see some of the magic happen and the weight come off and the, the pre-diabetes reversal and the blood sugar changes and the blood work and all feeling, that? Feeling so much better. Yeah. yeah, and it came at that OMAD mark, that 24-hour mark, that one meal yeah. a day type mindset. But is that a sustainable weight loss health strategy for most people? The answer is probably not. So yeah. that is a fat loss strategy. So we were able to take intermittent fasters like myself and you who'd done keto and IF and just hadn't been able and to get it to else. translate. Right, well, yeah, and everything else yeah. on the dieting weight loss spectrum, right? Um, we tried it. And the one meal a day was like taking people from a beginner skill set and getting you to that physiological insulin depleted point where you can get some really cool health changes, scale changes, and some really good momentum. Yeah. What we realized is we can do better right? That's just one small piece of the puzzle. And that's what this blueprint to intermittent fasting for fat loss is all about. So I am pumped to see yeah. the impact that this is going to make because this has been something we've been talking about for a long time. And it's finally time to rip the bandaid off, Tommy. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and it's, it's all about like, how can I get myself to the next level? How can I yeah. do a little bit better? And then how can I do it in a way that that makes sense and doesn't feel like I'm just trying to use all this willpower or this I won't power, right? And it's pushing it's starting, the boulder up the hill. Yeah, it's it's starting to tap more into that I want power, and we can do we can like reverse engineer the process better. So I, I love it. I'm super excited too. It's something I wish that we had 
like three years ago or four years ago right. to get us started faster. And like, you hey, know. I read Dr. Fung's books and some of the giants in the fasting world oh, yeah. that we now have come alongside of, right? Yeah. Fasting's been around forever, right? Heck, feasting since, and, and famine. It's, I mean, since, it's been around. Since food was invented. Yeah. Right, since the dawn of time, right? So Upton Sinclair, 1911, the fasting cure, Yeah. right? It's in most historical texts in, in form of different religions and religious yep. beliefs and cultural things, beliefs, right? Yeah. So it's been around for a long time. It has a lot of powerful effects that are not just weight loss related, right? So absolutely. when we're looking at this study, and it is like the perfect pairing with this new resource. So mm. you can grab it at our website, thefastingforlife.com forward slash resources. Yeah. Thefastingforlife.com forward slash resources is in the show notes. Go ahead and click it. And the study is cool because it talks about four and six hour time-restricted feeding, right? So mm -hmm. intermittent fasting by definition is a period of eating and a period of fasting. And that window yep. is usually separated by a colon, right? So yeah. intermittent fasting is usually you start off with a 14 or 16 hour window. 16.8 is the most common definition of intermittent fasting. Well, what's really cool about this study is that from 16 hours of fasting, then you go to 18, then you go to 20, then you go to 22, then you go to 24, which is where our first resource, the, the, yep. the fast start guide, right? Comes into play. There's some really cool stuff that happens when we're looking at these windows, which is what this study highlights. And the biggest like takeaways are going to be in the in-between. Right. Yeah. And I want to start unpacking them by describing the study and then going through the results. And we're also going to mention some of the limitations as well. So sure. one of the coolest things about this was it was mostly in females, hmm. middle-aged females that were in the obese BMI category. So the category of 30 to 35. And yeah. there's not a lot of studies out there human randomized controlled trials in women with obesity. And we've had different conversations about hormones and weight loss and fasting and time-restricted eating and, you know, early time-restricted eating versus late time-restricted eating and all and everything in between. We've right. compared 16-hour <laughs> windows to ADF to OMAD. You know, all of the previous episodes dive into different nuanced in-betweens, right, in the fasting lifestyle. But this one really hits on a couple of the big starting points of those times, right? That 18-hour window and that 20-hour window. And it was really cool to see that we finally have some rock-solid data with some really cool outcomes in yeah. women that fall into this category. And I say that because the majority of response that we get from our challenges and our coaching and our podcast is from women. Sure. And when I was in clinical practice, Women are much more likely to take action and take care of their health, in classically speaking, than men who are much more stubborn and don't, you know, need a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more prodding and, and hey, I, yeah, you're yeah. fine. Your leg's not, it's not bleeding. You're dragging it's it behind you, but it's off. still attached. It's fine, right? So yeah, but when we get the sniffles, you know, like like you're not going to hear the end of it, right? <laughs> right, right. So. Hopefully we're getting some amens out there, right? Right. On the other side of, of the audio medium here. So 
Tommy, really cool study, really cool outcomes. And it was a 10 week, excuse me, an eight week study. Yeah. A four hour and six hour windows. So an 18 hour fast eating windows Mm -hmm. and a 20 hour, which is in the fasting work known as a warrior fast. Yeah. That 20 hours of fasting and four hours of eating. Both regimens reduced energy intake by about 550 kilocals per day. So about 550 calories without calorie counting, which is something that I really like because yeah, a lot of people both come... ended up there. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're yeah. fine. And they both produce similar reductions in insulin resistance, which is like, aha, like that's what right. we want because insulin is at the forefront of so many disease processes. And it is something that grows beneath the surface because our system is designed to look at the blood sugar and the blood work, but not necessarily the insulin. So just the highlights of this alone to begin are really, really cool. And I want to start unpacking some of them. Yeah. And I I just keep coming back to the population that was included in this study, because at an average for for the US, uh, the average female over 20 is about five foot four and 171 pounds. And so that falls right at that 30, right at that obese mark. If you mm-hmm. look at the BMI charts. So, so just the fact that this, this was, you know, obese, you know, people, that's where we are as far as, as far as the average, it was the average person fits into this, the average female fits into this, right. this, this study. So, you know, when we're, when we're talking about what, what kind of, what kind of action can we take? What kind of results can we, can we conclude from it? It's very widely applicable. And, and I, I, I love the fact that, that we're starting to see this these come out in the designs of some of the studies where they go time restricted feeding obviously has a lot of potential so what do we need to understand better about it and so when we when we take this and we have the six hour feeding window versus the four hour feeding window it's not all that much different really like it's not something that i just look two at hours and go, yeah it's just two hours i mean it, it is it is a 30 percent change you know 33 percent change within within that but it, it's still it's not that difficult to to see myself doing doing a four hour versus a six hour. It's not like, oh man, like the my reality is kind of like crumbling based on that. I, I can I can definitely see myself doing it. And so so that's a cool thing. And then I, I love the fact that they ended up with that 30% calorie reduction as well. That that was just that wasn't by design. They just ended up there. But the control group that they compared it to was was no restrictions. And then they weren't told what to eat at all. So it was just go about your normal day. No, no food restriction. Send or us some data. Like tell us what yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you did, basically. Don't change it. We'll, yeah. And then, but to, to keep that in mind, these were, these were individuals who were already at the obese mark. So the interesting thing to me is that by the end of the eight weeks, some of the markers had already started to tick up a little bit within, within the control group because they had already been on that way ticking up before. And we saw it even over these just short eight weeks, even on some of the stuff that we got, you know, we started reversing, we started moving in the right direction, you know, within the experimental groups here that were, that were using the time restricted windows. And Hey man, I don't want to think, you know, all the guys out there listening, you're not off the hook either. Okay. Your statistics aren't any better. They're probably worse as a whole, as a country, we're trending in a very scary direction when it comes to obesity levels. You know, when you add obesity and overweight levels, it's anywhere between 72 to 75% of the population at any given time. Wow. Yet 50 to 60% of us are actively trying to lose weight, yep. right? In the world of information, 
right? In our pockets, we have more access to info than ever before. Yeah. And we're going in the opposite direction when it comes to weight and more importantly, those cardiometabolic aspects, yeah. right? So yeah. that's why I love this study because it's like these windows and the differences between them, which is staggering when we go over it. Are they healthy, sustainable approaches to interventions for weight loss? Because we need something right now with the way the statistics are, right? Eight or nine out of the yeah. top reasons why people lose their life here in the United States is due to blood sugar-related issues and insulin, right? And then you have the, the trends of the numbers, right? We're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we have more information and more access, and more people are trying to lose weight, but it's not working. So something's got to give. And yeah. the takeaway from here is never mind are you going to get all the additional physiological benefits, but there's some really cool fat loss things that stick out here too. And yeah. I'll say it again without having to count calories. Love that part. It's so Anybody else tiring. out there? The awkward silence of a, of a podcast, yeah. right? Where I just let everybody respond quietly in their head. Yeah. Like, yeah. Some of yeah, us do need to track at different it, points yeah. and times. But if you've counted and failed... Do you really want to go back and track again? Is that a sustainable practice for you? Did it work? <laughs> Results speak for themselves, right? Did it work? It didn't work yeah. for me. Yeah. No, me either. Even with yeah. all the knowledge and information and support and paying tens of thousands of dollars for tests and you know, world-renowned nutritionists here in Houston, because I hmm. couldn't figure out why I couldn't get results, but everybody else could. Yeah. Wow. So when when we're looking at the the actual results for it, it was cool to see that both the four and the six hour time restricted feeding over the eight weeks without the calorie counting had a 3% reduction in their body weight, which was really cool. And then the control group, slight, a slight tick up at the same time, you know, which, okay. So they were, they were unrestricted, but tend to be long-term, you know, trending in the wrong direction here. So that was, that was a really cool thing to, to see. But what I was really blown away by was the fact that in just shrinking from the six hour window to the four hour eating window, instead of it being three pounds of fat in the six hour window, we had a six pound reduction in actual fat mass in the four hour window. Like we, we're starting to like knock on the door of some, some serious potential here, right? So what I just heard was there that there was a small, in eight weeks, the average loss was about 3%. 3% right? body weight, yeah. So statistically relevant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the difference between a two-hour window <laughs> resulted in a 2x fat loss? Yes, 2x. Okay, so one of the limitations of this study, when we first read it, was like, okay, it's relatively small, right? There's been, I believe it says, they quote here, that there is 12 other human trials with time-restricted eating that have been done, hmm. right? And we first looked at this and said, okay, great to see that it's done in women, first and foremost. Yeah. The average Joe, right? The average Jane, based mm -hmm. on statistics. But it's a smaller study. The length of the study is relatively short, eight weeks, right? Kind of a yeah. limitation. And then the difference between the windows they studied, at first I was like, Two hours. Are they like, going to even see anything? <laughs> maybe they should do this like in a, you know, like an, uh, increase that to maybe four hours. Yeah. Why are we and splitting do hairs here? A 16-8 versus a warrior, right? Which is yeah. that 24 yeah. split. But it's incredible when you start looking at the 
visuals from the actual results here in the study, I mean, you can just see the stair step, right? Yeah. Like when you look at that fat mass, it's like, yeah, the control group was ticking up a little bit, but 2x loss with a two hour difference in window. So if you're intermittent fasting and we get this question all the time, well, especially when our challenges are, are going on or, or we're ramping up for a challenge and people are, you know, we're sending out emails and promotion and letting everybody know the dates and et cetera. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the next one is coming up on February 1st. Shameless yes. plug. We're excited because it's <laughs> yes. just far enough out from the hangover from the holidays. Yeah. And to distance yourself from the New Year's resolutions and jump yeah. in. So and if you got questions about what happened at Christmas or, yeah. or New Let Year's, us know. you know, if, if you are off track, right? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. We're here. So, yep. but one of the things we get is, well, you come into the challenge. What's your fasting experience? Well, I've been doing 16 or 18 hours. What have your results been? Well, I'm really having a hard time keeping it consistent. Okay, well, our number one free resource over here is here's your OMAD plan. Mm -hmm. There's a big gap between 16.8 and an OMAD. Sure, yeah. There's a big gap there, right? And then, so what I'm seeing here is that visually, this is why we created this new resource to go concurrently with this, is that stair step. How do we step from 16 to 18 to 20 and mm -hmm. create consistency? Because I don't know about anybody else listening, but a two-hour change in my window for a 2x result in fat loss, I think I can skip Sign breakfast. the heck up. Yeah, yeah I think I could probably say no to the donut in the break room. Yeah. Grandma's cookies, <laughs> whatever it was over the holiday, that's going to motivate me, Yeah. right? And then there's a lot of cool other ones in here as well. So I don't want to just harp on the fat mass. No. But, um, you know, but it's awesome. yeah, keep going. It's awesome. Yeah. And you know, the, the crazy part about that was we saw the same trend in the visceral fat as well, which is not just your typical fat cell. That's the most important, the most correlated with cardiometabolic disease, the fat cells that are sitting right in between my visceral organs, right around the heart, right by the lungs, right around the liver, the kidneys. Those are the fat cells that, that really, really matter. We see the same stair step, even though that one didn't reach statistical significance. We saw the same trend in the results. So potentially with more statistical power, like if this was a longer study, if it was utilizing windows that were a little further apart or a greater sample size, then we could have potentially seen statistical significance in that speculation, of course, but the, the trends are very, very promising, even for the ones that were like, well, it was a, it was a small change, but you can see the four hour was a better change than the six hour which, and then the, the, the control group was either no change or may have been even moving in the wrong direction. Right, right, right. And so a couple more here, the fasting glucose, same trend, same stair step, right? So yep. control group elevated slightly at the end of the eight weeks, six hour time restricted feeding, right? Was decreased compared to the control. And then the four hour obviously was decreased even a little bit greater. Yep. The fasting, but even more important to me, and to us and to the fasting lifestyle is the reduction of insulin yeah. and the removal of insulin resistance and the more effective category of insulin sensitivity. We want to see an increase in our insulin's effectiveness. Yeah. Here, we did see statistical significance, yeah. significance in both of these categories when compared to the control. And you'd mentioned this earlier, in, in both of the eight-week studies, we saw a slight increase Yep. in the fasting insulin and the insulin resistance categories. And yep. this is the 
lurking beneath the surface blood sugar conundrum that happens when you go get your yearly blood work and the oh, blood pressure is slightly up. We're going to talk about yeah. LDL, HDL, triglycerides, and blood and not triglycerides. That's a mouthful. And blood pressure here in just a second. But yeah. this was me. My liver enzymes are off a little bit. My mm -hmm. fasting blood sugar was 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 in the air quotes normal range, mm -hmm. right? I didn't know about for now. insulin resistance yeah. for now. Insulin resistance, but my blood pressure was slightly elevated. My triglycerides were slightly off. My LDL profile was slightly off. And I'm sitting there going, "Well, I'm eating less, moving more." I'm not eating processed foods. I'm I still feel like crap all the time. I'm tired. I've reduced my alcohol. Like, yeah. So the interesting, interesting thing here is that this is getting to the root cause of disease, right? Not looking at the yeah. downstream system, which is like, oh, let's check your blood sugar. Let's look at your A1C. Yeah, those are great. But the insulin, right? So there was so without a change in weight, right? Over just eight weeks, right? It's already ticking up, ticking that, up. It doesn't take a year to tick no. up. This is nope. one sixth, one seventh of a year right here. This, this is not could very be long. this could be the year blood work where you go in one year and the next year you go back and now you've tripped you've tripped the wire. Tripped the wire, yeah. Right now you you've heard the pin click and the hand grenade and you're like, yeah. uh oh, yeah. Here I am. What are they and now down? all of a sudden it's yeah. well. Here's your medication. Here's your option. Go lose some weight. And it's like, well, I've been trying to do that for decades. Okay. Yeah. Like, give me something a little bit more. So that's what this category right here with these two is not a grand difference between the six hour and the four hour short study, right? Only eight weeks, yeah. but a considerable statistical difference between control and fasting groups. Mm. Yeah. Can we get into the lean mass for a second here? The lean mass sure. and the fat mass. Yeah, before we okay. go into the blood pressure. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So, so going back to it, overall, there wasn't a very big difference in the total amount of weight that was lost between the four hour right. and the six hour window, right? So it was about three, three and a half percent of, of total body weight. Great. On the surface, sounds good. But when we looked at it and we see the fact that the four hour window, a, a little tighter, tighter window on my eating with a little longer fasting, the insulin gets to come down a little bit lower. And so what we saw was twice as much fat mass lost. So then we go, well, wait a minute. Well, how, how does that add up? And so if we if we actually look at the the lean mass changes, we see we see the largest dip in lean mass coming from the six hour time restricted feeding window group. And we go like, well, okay, wait a minute. Like why? Why might that be? What's what's happening under the surface? Is is that real? Is that is that kind of an anomaly? But when we when we go back to what we've we've previously talked about, there was a, a really cool study that that showed abdominal visceral fat predicting 24-hour growth hormone release and how that correlated with insulin. So what we know is the fact that how how high or how low our insulin level is determines what our growth hormone release will be when we're fasting. The growth hormone we know is not anabolic, but it is skeletal muscle protective. So if we are keeping insulin levels higher, that means it's suppressing the growth hormone release that we need to protect our skeletal muscle while we're doing things like dropping fat consistently through fasting or any other means. So this means that the six hour group actually had higher insulin levels. So they got less of a growth hormone response, which, which absolutely corresponds with this this drop in the lean mass even though overall 
body weight change appeared the same, but their their fat versus their muscle change was absolutely different between those two groups. Yeah. So for long term metabolic health, we want lean muscle tissue, right? So we want to absolutely we want to use techniques that allow us to get the weight off, keep the motivation up, feel yeah. better because you want to do more once you feel better, right? Right. Yeah. During your fat loss phase. And then use the same tools and habits that you develop through the fat loss phase and adapt them to a maintenance lifestyle, long-term plan, right? Yeah. Keeping control. So, yeah. Interesting. When I personal experience, people coming to us have done intermittent fasting, 16 hours, 18 hours. There is a concern of lean mass, you know, retention. Yeah. That study, the abdominal visceral fat and fasting study, right? The one that you mentioned about growth hormone mm -hmm. explains the potential difference of why, like you said, insulin didn't get low enough for growth hormone to increase enough right, to be able to protect, right? And you saw, see here in the study that in the four hour, the warrior fast, right? The four hour eating window. Yeah. It's very, very close to the control group. Yep. Right. And I, I would surmise that if we did a 24 hour, right, that it would actually be above, mm. right? Now, one thing we will say as a limitation of this is we also don't know because bigger window, potential for more insulin because you have a potential for more intake, right? Uh, yeah, bigger eating window, right? But we also don't know the food variability here. True. Food matters. Which, so how do you insulate yourself if you are mixing in some of these six-hour, eight-hour type intermittent fasting windows? Well to promote growth hormone, to promote lean mass protectiveness, right? To, to keep the lean mass tissue that you have is prioritizing yeah. protein. Yes. Minimum 0.6 grams per pound of body weight, minimum of your goal weight, minimum. Mm. Increase your resistance exercise, your weight bearing exercise, walk, yeah. move, do a few resistance training workouts a week. You don't need to go crazy, right? Yeah. And then most importantly is those that nutrition, it's not an eating opportunity if yeah. you're fasting, it's a nutrition it's opportunity. Cause yeah. now, yeah, now you have less opportunities to get good nutrition in. So those decisions actually, for the long term, those decisions become more important, especially when we're talking about a maintenance or maintaining a, a significant amount of weight loss. They absolutely do. And, and like, just to put a fine point on that, if you compare two plates and one was just full of, you know, like highly indulgent foods that, that we know are like fattening type foods, highly processed carbs, you know, desserts and, and things like that. Maybe just some like fast food type foods and, and pizzas and things like that versus a very well balanced plate. The insulin response with, with very, prioritized protein. Yeah. The, <laughs> the insulin response, even at the same caloric value is going to be a very, very different insulin response. And so, but that insulin response that I had when I broke that fast, it's going to matter to carry me through on the next 16, 18, 20 hours, whatever it might be until I, I break my next fast. And that insulin response is going to dictate the level of growth hormone, which is then going to, going to affect my results from day to day and from week to week, as we can see in this study. So like, it's incredibly powerful. And, and I, I say that because, you know, we, we want to be looking at that using the I want power and knowing what what I'm doing, what I want to be doing, and the fact that um, we, we hear a lot, it, well, if I'm fasting, can I just eat whatever I want? Right. You, you could theoretically always just eat whatever you want, but fasting is not your 
fasting is not a silver bullet against yeah. bad nutrition. Uh -huh. You know, yeah, it's not a magic we weight loss pill, right? No, it's not. Yeah, for sure. One other thing I wanted to mention here, Tommy, was those other markers that they looked at, right? So mm -hmm. when we first looked at this study, if you just read the the paragraph headers, you don't really get other than the the change in fat mass. It's like, oh, similar reduction in this, or no, that didn't change this, right? So yeah. this one is four and six hour time restricted feeding windows do not affect blood pressure, LDL, HDL, or triglycerides. And all I heard in my head was like the screeching brakes, right? <laughs> right. I was like, er, er. and it's like, well, wait a minute. That's not, we've done so many episodes on how that yeah. does show there are benefits. So absolutely. They actually mentioned here in our extrapolation again is length of study as well as the, the food that was consumed. Again, what does your plate look like? Because a lot of other studies out there, they even say the studies in this one are contrary to what has been reported previously hmm. in two to three months of ADF fasting or 5-2 fasting, you'll see systolic and diastolic blood pressure come down. Personal exam, it's one of the things we hear oh, yeah. the most, right? Yeah. Is that, oh, my blood pressure decreased, right? Especially Mind if you're sure. using yeah. trace minerals or therapeutic salts, right? You'll also see the changes in the LDL panel as well. So typically in the short term, you might see an elevation in LDL and triglycerides, but yeah. if you go out to greater than eight weeks to so 12 weeks, 16 weeks, six months, you'll yeah. see an increase in HDL, a decrease in LDL and a decrease in triglycerides as we get that body fat off and we burn through some of those long-term stores. Yeah, The same thing happened with the inflammatory markers because we do know that there are studies that show that you will decrease your inflammatory markers like TNF, alpha and IL-6. In this study, we did see oxidative stress reduction but not that long-term. So again, just back to the limitation of the study, a longer study would show those changes that have been seen in other studies that, that have that length that this one does not. So sure. one last piece of the conversation puzzle today, Tommy, is the adverse events conversation, right? So no mm. serious adverse events yeah. were reported. So your doctor- Let's some sister, real life stuff in here though. Your sister, your brother, your spouse, your social circle, your class reunion, your training, holiday your, party, your trainer, your nutritionist, who else? Your coworkers. So just you can say this with confidence, not just from this study. No serious adverse events were reported. You did not die because you did not eat. Right. Okay. You're not starving yourself. You're not tanking your metabolism, yeah. right? But there are some mild events that we hear a lot, especially yes. with people wading into the waters of, well, I did 16, it's not working. Let me try 18. Ooh, that's hard. Let me try 20. Oh man, I can't imagine going a whole day. How the heck do people do two and three day fast? And why would I do that? Well, guess what? The blueprint to intermittent fasting for fat loss is going to unpack that for you. Yeah. And these adverse, these, these little mini stumbling blocks, right? These, these symptoms that we see are exactly the same symptoms that you see when you transition from a, a glucose burner to a ketone producer. So transitioning into ketosis right. yeah. and flipping that metabolic switch where you can burn your stored body fat for energy and not have to worry about intaking carbohydrates or sugars or those types of things, right? So yeah. Dizziness, nausea, headaches, diarrhea, 
fatigue, constipation, so digestive changes, hangriness, irritability, irritability, <laughs> dry mouth. I'll add in here, they're not in this study, but like sleeping disturbances, right? Yeah. Energy Dealing changes. Yeah. So if you're going to summarize this in one statement, Tommy, what's the big takeaway? The big takeaway is that it just takes a little bit of time. It just takes pushing through a little bit, but you're knocking at the door and don't let it scare you away because these things came up. They came up around week three and then they didn't return going forward in the study, which is something peak that in week two, we know <laughs> gone by week three keto yeah. flu 101. I don't even and like that, that term because you don't have to have keto flu. You don't have to be doing the keto diet to have keto flu, right? The transition from sugar burner to fat burner peak in two gone by three. Yeah. You can do this. And that was it. Yeah. The, the stuff doesn't come back. Yes. <laughs> at least, at least not now, the, unless uh, you completely stop much. fasting, then yeah, you're just going to yeah. set yourself up for inevitable having to wade through those waters again. Sure. Sure. Staying hydrated, do staying Don't consistent, being in a community that gives you additional support, knowing that these things are normal for this part of the process because you are changing yeah. your body's energy supply in real time and you are reversing disease and you are two xing your fat loss right yeah, by pushing in that 20 hour window all without calorie counting tommy so i absolutely wow. love this study we're going to be talking about this one all year okay yeah <laughs> because it is so powerful and i just absolutely love it so final thoughts tommy as we wrap up today's conversation and make sure you guys go grab the blueprint tournament fasting for fat loss it's in the show notes you can go to the website thefastingforlife.com forward slash resources final thoughts tommy as we wrap up today Final thoughts is that if you've never fasted or your longest fast is, you know, just maybe skipping breakfast once in a while or accidentally or something like that, there's, there's some magic coming there. Oh, like, it's right there. You're very, you're very, very close. And if you have felt that before, or you've gone past those times, but you haven't found the consistency yet, then let's take a step or two back and go, okay. What was working well? How do I build a little bit more of the foundational kind of stuff so that I can really get it right and it, it feels easier and more intuitive to do? That's exactly what the blueprint is about. It's about yep. getting the first few steps right so that I can continue to ramp up into the process and see better and better results as I, as I continue with it and apply that consistency over time. So I am super excited about, about the feedback that we're gonna get on this as yep. well too. So if you're part of the 5% that's reached your maintenance goal and you've kept it off for two years, continue to listen to the podcast. We love and appreciate you. Drop yeah. us a review if we've helped you on your way, right. right? Keep doing what you're doing. We prefer the five-star kind, but for the rest of us mere mortals, that consistency <laughs> is something that we always continually have to work on. So for sure. if you're a beginner, if you've been on or off or still looking for that consistency, we want to gift this to you and let us accelerate that failing forward. Let us support you mm -hmm. in the process, which is why we started this podcast. If you're new, go back and listen to the first couple episodes. You'll know, hear about our story and why we do what we do. And if you're looking for additional support, head to the show notes and click the link for the Fasting for Life community. I almost said the Fast mm -hmm. Start Guide. That's old. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Blueprint, Genuine Fasting for Fat Loss. You can yeah. still get the Fast Start Guide. It's up there. Comes right. with some cool videos, but head to the Fasting for Life community on Facebook, okay? It yeah. is an organic growing community so 
of like-minded fasting individuals where we talk about fasting 24 seven because right. it's what's changed our lives. And we hope that it does the same for you in this incredible opportunity that we have called 2023, Tommy. So yes. as we wrap up today, appreciate the conversation, sir. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. See ya. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.